Yes, it's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Howdy, folks. I'm Sleazy B. Martini, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. This is Curtis Armstrong, and you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time. The dangling thumb. And you're listening to Quality Time Broadcast. And they paid me feel like he's about to kill both of us because he's finished the basement and now he's like i love you both and this is the last goodbye he's gonna whack us both over the head and bury us welcome to your final resting place my basement (laughs) it's a good it's a good bait and switch because the whole time i'm thinking it'll be you jeremy but actually you turn out to be the sane one and eric's the (laughs) eric doesn't even dress up like a clown that's debatable. Hey, wait a second. You know what isn't debatable? That it's time for the start of another Quality Time podcast. I'm your host, Eric Woodworth, and I'm joined first by my blood, my brother, the man from episode one on till today, Mr. Jeremy P. Woodworth. Jeremy, how are you, sir? Um, I'm feeling almost as, as rough as um Ashley during some of our broadcasts after she had been partying all night and doing comedy oh you got a little bit of uh you got a little bit of squirty poops Is that what <laughs> well I, I i don't have the, the poo poo problem but <laughs> i um let's just say let's just say i partied hard last night and also it was aggravated because there was i think at least one or two weddings that had their reception at the uh, the Delta Hotel last night where the Monster Mania convention was happening. And some people are happy when people get married and they'll cheer on the bride and groom when they enter the building, which I think is okay. But for me, that instantly makes me scream at the top of my lungs like Sam Kinison about marriage. <laughs> So you you just pulled a whole like, hey, how's your marriage going? Ah, get away, leave now. Yeah, yeah, I I really try to discourage them. This is the end of their life, you know. No, no marriage. And, and look, look, I'm not against the institution of marriage. I just think that my wife deserves better than me, and she should kill me because I'm a loser. <laughs> So, hear me. She does not deserve better. <laughs> I know she, she doesn't deserve to have to bury me because I will be a lot of work to bury. But if she could maybe just set me on fire. Yeah, Jeremy, and- you and that rat den that you live in are going up like Gilbert Grape in 2022. We know that. I'm like, it's not a big deal. I feel that maybe, just maybe, in the scheme of cosmic karma, that Hitler could come back just to do 
a holocaust on me. <laughs> a holocaust? But what will yeah. the rats do, Jeremy? I mean... <laughs> what, if, we can... what if Hitler came back and controlled rats with his mind? <laughs> <laughs> we, we're no, Jeremy, a... we could set this up because I'm pretty sure Eric's wife has a membership to Holocaustco and we could probably get a good deal. Well, I'm working on the screenplay called uh, Hitler Hates Me. Oh, you're you're hated by Hitler. That's nice. Because I, I am the lowest of people on earth. Aww. I make I make Jews look like awesome. <laughs> Jews are awesome. Go back to our Zionist agenda episode if you don't believe us. But are also joined by the very lovely. I just I, I just wish I was good enough as a Jew or a gypsy. You wish you could be. I, so, I agree with that, Jeremy. You or like, even somebody from a mental institution that just screams all the time. Well, and if you were his head against a wall, if you were a gypsy, you sure would be a lot thinner. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'd also like to give it up for the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? I'm moist, Daddy. <laughs> You're moist. I, I was watching a sad movie right before we hopped on, so I had to dry my tears. And oh, my good. Well, I'm glad to. I'm glad you got your uh, your tears dried up. You know, I don't have a lot to go over before we get into the the nuts and bolts. Jeremy's got some good stories as he went to Monster Mania. We'll tease that real quick. Uh, but I did. Uh, I finally saw the Candyman movie, the new one, the Jordan Peele one, and let me just say. It is so a wait, wait, fine, wait. It is a fine film. So wait a second. Sammy Davis Jr. wasn't in this? No, he wasn't. Although they do have <laughs> a, a, a hard R word version of the Candyman that's in this one. And I will say, I will say that it is a very well-made movie. I love all the parts of it. But the guy who plays Candyman through like 80% of the film is... I've I found myself laughing on more than one occasion seeing his dumb simple face going <laughs> Jerry it's one of those movies where I know when you watch it you will go that like, it's a it's a jeremy squeal movie a hundred percent on like four or five so it needs to be a rotten tomatoes rating is is the jeremy squeal yeah jeremy there's a couple of mo there's a couple of parts where the candy man makes a face that is like the african-american version of bill paxton going uh -huh, like this and Jer i'm telling wow. you jeremy you'll fucking lose it when you see this <laughs> America needs a black Bill Paxton. I think so. I I, I believe that. I believe that. Um, so uh, Candyman. I think, I think his is, I think his name is Spike Lee. Yes, I will say the new Candyman movie very good. Uh, I I not I wouldn't give it a full ten out of ten. I give it a solid nine though. Um, it's paced very similar. It pays all the fan service to the original movie. And uh, at the same time, tells a twisted tale that's done very, very well. So, uh, shout outs to, uh, to to that film. I, I would highly suggest it to anybody that wants to go see it. Well, I saw nobody with the, the Odenkirk Better Call Saul, and probably my favorite movie of the year. Oh, oh, nobody. You know who else that? You know who else's favorite movie that is? Is Robbie Robinson of the Robin Joe Show. He loves nobody as well. Hell yeah. So I'll have to check. Uh, that oh, guess out. guess who else he loves? Who's that? You? 
Rod, Ronnie Cox. Uh, he does love Ronnie Cox. Who doesn't love Ronnie Cox? Now, um, uh, Ashley, I did hear that you had a bit of a honest Ash to come forward with today. Um, I do. Yeah, right before we get into that, I'll just say I, I did have a show this weekend that I ended up closing out. It was great. Uh, I did Ooh. think to myself, you know, I want to look nice. I'm starting the headline again after all these years. I'm going to dress jewelry high heels but i'm like you know what i'm driving an hour and a half i like to be comfortable i'm gonna wear my old navy running shorts and my thing t-shirt and sneakers covered in grass uh to get there and then i will change so i arrive at the venue planning to change and uh it turns out to be a country bar Oh. And I go, huh, is I don't that think with I a, is that spelled anymore. with a U N T or No, <laughs> oh, Eric. That's that's the bar I go to. Um but but so it's it was a great place, but I quickly realize that what I've brought is too dressed up and I realize very quickly I think I'll lose my audience if they're like, What the fuck is this? So the only other thing I have to wear is what I'm currently wearing, which is t-shirt, dirty shoes, and shorts. Yeah, like you just cut the grass. Just <laughs> cut the grass. I look, I look lonely and homeless. That's how so to that's be, but that's, that's, that's how you perform for a blue collar crowd is look like you've just changed the oil on a Dodge 350. <laughs> you know? Well, look, as hard as that was for me, I had to look deep inside myself and go, look, if the men in comedy can wear this at any fucking show, I can wear this. And it was great. I had a great time. Well, good. So, I'm glad. Yeah. That fucking rocks on. Well, yeah. without further ado, here we go. Oh, and it's about that time again for another segment of Honest Ash. And here's Ashley Pontius. Oh, hello, listeners. This weekend, when I got my puka shell waxed, she asked me what shape did I want it in, and I told her to give me the Adolf Hitler, and now I am looking for a new waxer. This has been Honest Ash. <laughs> Tune in next week to hear more tales of Honest Ash and the final solution that was put on her pussy to remove her hair. Anyway, thanks. Um, That is... <laughs> did not find it as funny as <laughs> so uh, i guess it won't be going back to harvest moon amber sun so my i think my i think the most fun part is that you know when some fella does see your pussy they'll be like i'd hitler that um <laughs> <laughs> my pussy's hotter than an oven um it was just, i thought it was like this funny thing and and here's the other thing that upset me I realized the minute it left my mouth how angry I was because I immediately thought I spent too much time with Jeremy and Eric that that slipped out of my mouth in a public setting. So I was a little bit upset at myself for letting that one fly. But do you ever look at do you ever look at your downstairs now and just like this pussy looks like it could rally an entire country against people? <laughs> that would be one of eric's offspring uh funny funny story sometimes when i'm like a little bit drunk or bored and i know it's getting too bushy i will take the clippers and i will cut messages 
into it. So <laughs> I'll be like, leave message after the, and it's all just in little, or like I'll put, um, I'll put like traffic signs in it. I'll be like, yield. And <laughs> so I like to carve <laughs> messages into my puss hair when I'm bored. Oh, very cool. I like, I like that your, your puss is basically the, a stir of echoes that's happening. You know, it's just leaving you forbidden messages and stuff like that. That's nice. I call- I call my puss men at work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, Jeremy, you got to go to our, one of our favorite events that I did make it out to this year, but, uh, and I've missed it now two years in a row, but, uh, Jeremy, you got to go to monster mania up in hunt Valley. How was that? Uh, not much to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, I kind of started out kind of bad and I always try to see the celebrities and as non Pogo cause Pogo is controversial for some celebrities that don't want to be associated with the murder clown monster of all time in human American history. So the first line I get into is the Christopher Lloyd line who just so happened to play some guy in the back to the future series <laughs> or trilogy uh-huh. as dr emmett brown but to me he'll always be commander krug from star trek the search for spock for me he'll always be that wonderful angel in the outfield well if you want to talk obscure movies whatever um <laughs> uh, so <laughs> i gotta cough for a second it's been a long night and i'm starting to sound like demi moore if she was a man so i was in line and finally i get up there and he's not taking any selfies and i realized two years ago he was charging 60 dollars for a selfie which was rather expensive i thought insane (laughs) you thought that was insane yeah exactly but i finally broke down and i paid 60 dollars to have my selfie with John Cusack because I'm that much of a, 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 a stooge. Yeah, you're a, a cuse, you're a cuse head. We know that. So, <laughs> I go to the show. I'm like, I'll, I'll, pop, I'll finally shell out 60 bucks to have my picture with Christopher Lloyd who, who, who might die next five years. Who knows? He's old. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's definitely on the death pool. I would put that in there. So, I get up in line. He is charging hundred dollars per autograph what uh-huh yeah 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 for an autograph but you can take pictures of him behind his table alone okay that's free that's great he'll have a photo op later where you can get a photo picture for a hundred and twenty dollars damn <laughs> like you, the market you fucker well that's what you get when you come out with back to the future four have you seen the trailer for that he's a hot commodity <laughs> I think what it is is that his Medicare isn't covering enough to keep him alive, so he's got to find a way to make ends meet. Marty, I have a plan. What is that? What is that, Doc? What are you going to do? Do we become a bunch of assholes? He's like, yes, we're going to charge $120 just to take a picture with me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, to make a long story short, I, I, I did <laughs> thankfully get to talk to him for free. And when I, I came to him, I was like, hey, great to see in the new nobody film and by the way uh if you remember the joke from the 80s 
where you played Commander Krug, the Klingon, you know, you still had a little bit of Jim Magnitowski in you. Like when you said, Ah, Commander Kirk, you're not going to give me the Genesis device? Hockey dock! So. Very good. So what, that, and what did he say yeah. about that? He got a little chuckle, so oh, whether nice. he heard it or not before. That's a that's a classic uh, joke from a Rodney Dangerfield special, by the way. So well, I stole it. I stole hey, someone's joke. Hey, Jeremy, you also got a shout. You 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 tried to get some shout outs for us. Can can I play the worst shout out you've ever gotten for the show ever? Yes. yes. Okay, so this is Kirk Heist, Heistler, and tell us yeah, who and Kirk the, Heistler. And I don't even tell know our listeners where... who Kirk Heistler is. Apparently, I, Kirk Heisler is uh, uh, Matt Lillard. Matthew Lillard. So this is Matthew yes. Lillard giving saying him... that saying that he's Kirk Heisler, and I don't even know the reference or joke that he's trying to make, or just made up a fake name. I don't know. So this is Matthew Lillard giving us the sh- the shittiest of shoutouts that I've ever heard. And very uh, drunk. And very, very drunk. and very hammered. Okay, let's let's give a listen. Let's see what we got here. am i doing a shout out for quality time oh, quality time is the best thank you so much having a blast here monster mania hunt valley thank and you so who much. are you kirk heisler from what movies uh 13 ghosts and scooby and scooby-doo fuck yeah oh man all right kirk heisler under the alias <laughs> Now was are you sure this just wasn't a guy that looked like <laughs> that, that looked like him? Are you are you sure this was him? Uh, it, was I, this just a homeless should, man outside I, of Seven <laughs> Eleven? I think I actually have a photo on my phone. If you want to reiterate that it actually was him, with you're telling me this this is the guy who was actually an SLC punk. Are you are you sure about this? I am ninety percent, ninety five percent sure it was him. You're oh, sure God. this is Matthew Lillard in the flesh? Okay, I don't have my picture from my on my phone, so it was outside. I'm sorry, I, 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 I was right face to face from him, so okay. I was not. I, I mean, well. <laughs> All right, we'll take it. Listen, shout out Kirk Keisler, a.k.a. He said he was in 13 Ghosts. If he's lying, he's lying, you know? I mean, maybe it was Alec Baldwin. I don't know. (laughs) Jeremy's just asking people at Monster Mania to do shout out. Are you like a celebrity? What movie were you in? Jeremy, if Um, you could get us Joe Tamarchio, that's your next goal. I need Joe Tamarchio to give us a shout out. Joe Tamarchio. You're asking who I am? I'm Mr. I'll put four tires on your fucking car and then fuck your daughter. That's who I am. If you know, you never see Joe Tamarchio and Marty Bass in the same room at the same time. That is, because you know why? Because Marty, because you never go, uh, Marty bass to mouth. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Ashley, you were saying. Can I, I was gonna say. Can I just say? I know how disappointing it is, Jeremy, for like him to charge that much money when it comes to Christopher Lloyd. But I do have to point out, it would be a real dick move if every time you took a photo with him, you'd start to disappear from the photo. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, as much as uh, as much as I don't care for the uh, the music necessarily, uh, uh, or just the general uh, demeanor of a one Kid Rock, I will say, you know, Kid Rock, his his main thing that he will never charge uh, uh, more than fifteen dollars to go to his concert, and I love that about him. That he will, <laughs> he was just like he he had a chance to like, oh, we could sell this for fifty dollars. He's like, fifteen bucks is all we need. Fifteen bucks, get people in the fucking door yeah, and get him out. His dad is fucking rich. He has a rich father. That's how oh, he yeah? got started. He's the, never mind. I'm not gonna say it. Let's not get political. No, I want to. What is he rich from? I want to know. His dad? Yeah. What does his dad do? I don't remember. I was thinking it was real estate or something, but his dad is loaded. Um, but, but Jeremy, what was the what was the picture you sent us last of you and this lovely lady? It's a really good picture of you. Who is that? I couldn't tell. She's a clown with big breasts. <laughs> She's beautiful. She's gorgeous, Jeremy. I think I think uh, let's use some rat poison for the big rat you've got in your house, and then let's get you that nice clown lady. <laughs> <laughs> this is a joke. This is a joke for the FBI. We are. Jeez, I hope you aren't talking about my wife as a rat. That's yeah. horrible. Oh, I thought it would make oh. you feel better. Am I a bitch? I mean, in in New Jersey, that's actually the highest of compliments for a while. How, how uh. am I supposed to pay my bills if my wife dies? Jeez. <laughs> 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 Marry the clown lady and start an OnlyFans for her. There you go. Yeah. Bill's paid. I know people are into that. Okay. Um. <laughs> so, like, the story continues. I went to the other celebrity realm, and, uh, oh, gosh, I should tell that story. <laughs> so, so I was a little down about uh, Christopher Lloyd, and yes... As I'm in the celebrity room, who walks in? A fresh young midget. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. You got a picture. I I did. You sent a picture with a little person. Oh, yeah. Jeremy just called that person a fresh young. (laughs) Okay. He wasn't fresh or young. He was at least in his 30s, maybe 40s. But he he was fit. He was fit. He didn't have. Oh, okay. He didn't. He wasn't sickly or anything because they, <laughs> they they tend to die early. Yeah, yeah. I would say uh, he would, if I were to give him a name, I'd call him Peter Twinklage. Uh, you know, there's you know. there's nothing sadder with, with the midgets that are in like wheelchairs because they can't even walk and they're yeah, sickly. It's like ooh, I like my I midgets that can short? run around and jump <laughs> and you can toss them around and they don't get hurt. And you pay like fifty bucks to throw them every time. Oh, <laughs> now that's now listen. That's I like how Jeremy breaks down his economics. This is like uh, fucking one hundred twenty-five dollars to get a picture of Christopher Lloyd. I could toss three midgets for that same price. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about them like he's going to like an animal like livestock auction. He's like, I don't want that one. That one can't run no more. No, I finally, I did finally. <laughs> I did finally piss off my midget friend because I posted a, a video about dwarf tossing and I was like, this is awesome. And the guy's like, what? Awesome that people are used like objects? Like, no, I didn't mean that. Well, yeah, I did kind of mean that. But I, I meant it's a great video because it, it explores the topic of dwarf tossing. Um, exploitation. Oh, hey, of- 
little people. Hey, Jeremy, I'm sorry. Just to talk about exploitation, uh, just for a second. Uh, when I saw the new Candyman yesterday, um, so the whole not giving away a super spoiler here, but uh, the the idea of this Candyman is that there can be multiple Candy Men, okay, throughout history, kind of like a, a kind of like a um, uh, 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 ooh, like a, like the Giver. You know, there can there there can be one right. at every time. Uh, so, um, the, the, the person who becomes the new candy man, literally to make him more scary, they just give him your skin. And it is one of the greatest parts of the movie is watching him slowly get black psoriasis and, and scratch at it. Oh, it's, it's so fucking good. Jeremy, you have to, you have to see the new candy man. You are, you are one fucking bucket of shoe polish away from being him um that's <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I'm not black <laughs> I, that's i said you're one anyway so uh back to your story you you met your midget friend um I, I i don't like to use that word i find it offensive but uh i you know i i try to speak in jeremy's nomenclature what well, else it's, did it's, you it's, it's it's a general word like oriental so. yeah 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 the, another word that's been canceled and stuff like that i like that no, I well, it's, they, they haven't Halloween. banned oriental noodles ramen flavor that is true. i was gonna say i did just buy decorations from the oriental trading company and i'm a little bit sad because i thought it was an asian sex trade <laughs> 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 So, Jeremy, how did the rest of uh, uh, Monster Mania go? Any other things you'd like to pepper in there? Uh, Big finish. Give us it. Well, I I still got a long road to go, and I'll try to hurry it up. Uh, I I met either How much will be cut out of the show? No. (laughs) Shit ton you got to keep editing out. I already said the word midget. So... um, So, then I I guess I went to uh, either Bill or Ted from uh bill and ted's adventure alex winter uh i tried to get a shout out from him and he wanted to charge 50 bucks and i'm like i did actually offer 20 offer 20 for a shout out so that was a failure uh my my other my my other try was uh of course you the other uh gal from um halloween 3 who turned into a robot and was actually the the underage girl that Woody Allen had sex with then and made the movie Manhattan about before oh. she did Halloween three. Wow, so, cool. It's good to see that not all powerful men destroy women's careers. <laughs> Hell yeah. Way before Weinstein. Woody Allen. Um uh, the I guess the the, the next um <laughs> So I didn't want to go back into the celebrity room when I poke it up because I was not going to wear a mask. I refused to as Bogo. Uh, I threw the doorway. I started fucking with Zach Galligan, otherwise known as um, the Gremlins kid okay. who was in, in love with um, Phoebe, Phoebe Katz oh, in that right. movie. Very nice. You know, Phoebe Katz. Um, so through the doorway, I start yelling. I was like, hey. It's Zach Galifianakis. I loved you in The Hangover. And he did not think that was funny. You could see that <laughs> not making fun of his name or That's the wrong celebrity. That's the one thing we all share in common on this podcast. We do things that lots of people hate. 
It is. And it that's is why we fun. do comedy is to piss off people, not to be funny. So, um, <laughs> finally, I, I get the nerve up. I get the nerve up to go up to talk to him. And uh, I think I said the the first inappropriate thing to him. Well, second after making fun of his name was, uh, hey, you know, you're you're doing a lot better than uh, Corey Feldman these days. Of course, he did work with Corey Feldman in Gremlins, so he didn't think that was funny either. And he's like, well, that's that's a low bar that you're setting there. And I was like, no, low bar is Tom Sizemore. <laughs> it's not it's not like not like Charlie Sheen. And I tell I'm I'm really digging my fucking hole. He's like, hey, you know what? I was at Charlie Sheen his birthday and yeah we were doing lines of blow in the bathroom with slash passed out in the shower <laughs> <laughs> and i said holy shit zach galligan's got some fucking hollywood stories man so, that is pretty cool i i think that's a pretty cool story that you partied harder than slash one night i mean that's a good that's a good story for sure a question that the kid from gremlins is partying like a fucking child rock star i mean hell yeah i mean i would say that if i was at a party doing cocaine and i looked over and slash was passed out in the bathtub i would love to look over and go fucking pussy <laughs> <laughs> lightweight rock bands <laughs> um uh, so that's cool, uh, man. My, I, I know I have some. Uh, no, no I, I'll try to make this really quick. I met this old guy. He's uh, one of the vendors, and <laughs> selling some cool shit. We start talking movies, and he is Mister Fucking Baltimore Movie. To go through his IMDb, <laughs> what do you think he did on these movies? He was the projectionist that would run the dailies for the director, which is pretty much close close working on an actual movie because you have to have somebody like that he did ladder 49 Book which of you were Blair... also on so huh which yes you, i was an, you also an extra have... in that yeah yeah uh he also did the dailies on uh blair witch 2 Ooh, Lib okay. liberty heights which is a a, a, a barry levinson film enemy of the state species 2 Ooh, um, cruise control nice and I guess I guess the last is a he was a location scout for my boring zombie apocalypse. Oh, look <laughs> so. at that! The most boring place I can think of. He's like, let's go to Hagerstown. <laughs> so, so he had he had some diner stories about uh, Barry Levinson, which I won't uh, bore you with. But he says the first day he walks in on Enemy of the State. He's he's talking right to the director. Who's the director of that? That's Tony Scott. That's otherwise known as Ridley Scott's brother, mm -hmm. the man who directed little movies like Top Gun. And he's like, "Hey, hello, all you, how are you, sir? You want to He's like, "He's like, hi, I'm your projectionist." And he's like, "Oh, would you like you like to have some sushi over here? We'll have some sushi." And he's like, "Just just a real cordial friendly uh british Aww, bloke very and, nice uh any other stories i'm not oh i tried to get a shower from keen hotter and he said no i'm not supposed to because he has got his own podcast although he was very cordial i almost begged him and um i was gonna say like shout out for shout out we'll reference yours you reference right, ours right we'll give you 
tens yeah. of listeners, Kane Hopper. Yeah, you touch mine, I touch yours. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, I'll pretend that I'm gay for you. Show me show me where you uh, make pee, Kane Hodder, and I'll give you a <laughs> shout out. <laughs> I mean, I do lot lots of bad things for money. <laughs> you and me both, Jeremy. <laughs> so another successful uh trip to uh Monster Mania. Congratulations, Jeremy. Now did you have to pay uh hold on, let me let me and Ashley guess first. Did Jeremy have to pay to get into Monster Mania? Or do you think yes. he got in for free? You think yeah. I'm, I'm a Rodnev. Go no. I'm gonna go no. I'm gonna go no, he didn't have to pay. Jeremy, what is the answer? So you got in for free? Yes, Fuck I have yeah. friends. Get your fucking dick sect, brother. Hell yeah. Now, Jeremy, how are you? Uh, uh, I mean, obviously, you're a big celebrity. How many pictures did you take with people that people initiated? Like, oh, I got to get a, a picture with Pogo. Uh, I would probably say 60. Wow. And it was a lot of, a lot of fucking people there. Yeah. Now, now, Jeremy, and and I, I think you... I ask every other person if they're interested in a t-shirt before they walk away and really try to ignore me because I'm trying to sell them a t-shirt. Now, have you so. ever thought about monetizing your photos a la a Christopher Lloyd? Now, we realize you're not in the Christopher Lloyd market for, for photography, but have you ever thought like maybe, you know, a dollar a selfie? Where are we well, I, I have considered... Um, as soon as they take the picture to say, you can pay me now. It's $2. It's a good picture. And if they don't, <laughs> it's I good. Take, it's a good picture. <laughs> and if they don't, I take their phone and I burn it in front of them. So, I think if we got you, uh, maybe just a signage of the saying, Hey, I'll take a free selfie with you, but I would love a, a $2 donation or whatever. No, and, and also good. while I'm burning their phone, I also have to cut their hand and they have to be in a wheelchair. <laughs> Jerry, you're just in need of a dickhead to, to charge people money because you're a kind hearted soul. You know what I mean? You're just a kind man who sells shirts with the word rape on it. And I think that, like, we could really monetize the Like, if we all work together, we could really monetize That could have been $60 that I didn't have yeah, just for exactly. getting a picture yeah. with somebody. You should get me a shirt that says security, but it's spelled S-E-C-H-E-R. It's me. Can you write it out? Because I can't. Spell, I know. Woodworth, I get it. But no, I, uh, <laughs> I. I'll never do a spelling bee. Yeah, I, I don't think either of you should. But no. but no, I. I sir, agree with sir, it. spell the word pants. K. <laughs> no, we're glad we we need a plan for next year. Hopefully, as like the world has maybe like officially quote unquote gone back to normal, we definitely should plan next year if we can swing it that all of us all of us go up together because that would be fun so there's uh, only like 18 more covids to go through yeah we only we're only at covid 19 we got 20 21 22 all to get through but let's forget about the fucking barren wasteland of trash that we live Yay. in for the next 30 to 45 <laughs> minutes and talk about tonight's movie which is the 1985 classic cat's eye Oh my gosh, I'm listen, I'm excited to do Cat's Eye. A it's an anthology, which is deep down one of my favorite horror movie like archetypes. I love multiple stories. Uh uh this movie uh screenplay by the great Stephen King. 
Um, also, uh, music by uh, Alan Silvestri, who is... Alan Silvestri is still doing music today. Actually did the Avengers theme and Avengers Endgame. Uh, but he does get ragged on a little bit for this theme because if you just heard it here, uh, and I'll play it again real quick, uh, he had two movies that came out in 1985. One was this, uh, Synth Score for Cat's Eye. And also, the same year, 1985, he came out with this little ditty. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it's a little movie with full orchestra called Back to the Future. Maybe sounds a little similar. Marty, we have to get $100 for every signature. (laughs) And we have to get $120 for every photo op. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong, Doc? Do we all become assholes of the future? Yes, Marty, we do. We will charge the poorest people in the world the most money for our pictures. You'll, you'll be shaking so much, you'll become a human blender for drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Guys, you are being so mean to Christopher Lloyd. You are not taking into account the fact that he probably got radiation poisoning and had to go back and be like, hey, man, you're going to need a lot of medical treatment. You better start charging better prices. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I would say there's there's some similarities between these two themes. Alan Silvestri really phoned in both of these and made a killing on uh, at least one of them. So uh, that's good. I know the cat's eye is so much fucking better than that shitty Back to the Future. I'll be theme. honest with you, I love the cat's eye theme. And cat's eye holds a special place in my heart as uh, one of the most terrifying films I watched as a child. Uh, I will say the final story in Cat's Eye with the little fucking gremlin, which we will get to near the end of this episode is uh one of the most horrifying things i had ever seen on film up until that point uh as a young impressionable eight nine ten year old so uh he's like he's like a he's like a really tiny midget he is he is like a really jesus eric's a man i'm like i see scarier stuff fall out of my uterus every month but whatever As long as it flushes, it's all good. <laughs> it attacks the cat if you don't flush fast enough. <laughs> and this this movie really con- uh, ties into the whole Stephen King universe at the time in the 80s. Even in the opening scene, you get to see uh, uh, references to two other 1983 Stephen King classics. One being Cujo as this giant dog in St. Bernard covered in blood is chasing our hero cat through the streets and if you look very closely he almost gets run over by a uh, 1959 fury which is the car of course from christine um very good stuff right from the opening get-go stephen king wrote this with drew barrymore in mind who is one of the starlets from this uh because he was so impressed with firestarter in 1984 that he was just like you know what i gotta write more stuff for this uh little girl who will be addicted to coke cane for the next 10 years you know what would have been better if the cat ran around a corner and the little creepy kid came out with the big fucking hat and he said he wants you now malacat uh- <laughs> <laughs> i like the 
idea that Stephen King looked at her as a kid and was like, I see something in you that reminds me of me. (laughs) (laughs) You're like a young Stephen King. (laughs) There There are lots of references, though, to other Stephen King works outside of just the Cujo and... uh, and uh, the uh, uh, Christine in the opening scene. Later, you'll see uh, characters like James Woods' character, who's watching the Dead Zone at one part in the movie, uh, as well as uh, one of the ladies uh, reading a book that is Pet Cemetery, which is also features a very prominent cat. Uh, in this one, we see General, our our cat hero, but uh, 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 Church, who is the evil Pet Cemetery cat. So, oh, by the um, way i'm i'm writing a new uh sequel because i'm making um uh, stephen king films scarier through special liberalization okay i'm listening because it's the remake reboot is gonna be children of the gmo corn (laughs) (laughs) it's genetically modified corn makes it more evil (laughs) This uh... it turns out it's not a demon that goes through the, the corn at the end. It's the Coke brothers that walk out of the corn. Oh, the evil <laughs> Coke brothers. God. I would have uh, assumed it would have been Monsanto. <laughs> that, that, exactly. Exactly. Montes, that's what I meant to say. And, and also, uh, that's why the, the kids are all evil religious now, too. Oh, now, oh yeah, I'm making millions off of this. Now, this movie also features one of the uh, one of the most famous songs by the Police, uh, which is fun. There's a lot of references to Sting in this movie. Um, outside of this, well, a lot of this, multiple lyrics of this police song, "Every Breath You Take," can make uh, allusion plot points to the story. "Every Breath You Take" is in reference to the smoking in the first story, as well as the troll's mission. Every move well, but- you make is the smoker being watched in the hotel and the ledge steps. Every bond you break is the bet that is broken or the promise to quit smoking. Every step you take and every step you take around the hotel i'll be watching you the cat watching all the stories play out as well as the mafia watching the guy do this so it's a very uh it's a good pick for a song overall i feel like they could have gone with don't stand so close to me but i mean whatever i i just i just kind of felt like i was in the dentist office waiting for them to give me a root canal the whole time this <laughs> it's also worth I- I think they should have gone with Van Halen's jump. Jump! (laughs) 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 Which would have also been great when his wife was in the electric room. Yeah, that it that oh. would be a good call. Now I do I do like the fact though that they couldn't even afford the real version of this song in the yeah. movie and they had to get a cover version to be played yeah. for it. They were like, We're a little bit too low budge. What do we got? Oh, wish, let's do this. Dude, so. the real song for that movie would have cost thousands of dollars. <laughs> Especially every time they played it. But the yeah. director was like, huh, I can afford it. I have the tape for the police out in my car. <laughs> 
Who do you think you are, Chris Restivo? Anyway, uh, so, no, that's good. And it also has a bit of a star-studded cast. Uh, it, well, first, it's directed by uh, the great Louis Teague, who had just two years prior to this directed another Stephen King, King classic, which, would, uh, of course, is Cujo. Um, yeah, my other favorite actor in this, Michael Flarnbarn. <laughs> What's your favorite Michael Farnbarn movie? Uh, the, the Girl, the Gold Watch, and everything with Pam Dauber. Okay. All right. Nice. I legit thought you made that name up, and I thought it was something from the Muppets, like the Swedish chef. You're like, Michael Farnbarn. <laughs> I, I was. I was making it up. It's actually Robert Hayes. There is, <laughs> there is another strong connection to uh, singer strong, songwriter Sting from the Police, who does write our uh, 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 is whose song is featured in this. Uh, Kenneth McMillan, who plays the mobster, uh, is the uh, is in this movie. He also starred alongside the great Sting in the movie Dune. So uh, there oh, you go. <laughs> I think it was he's uh, the House of Carconan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the Baron, correct? I think. Is he the ones with the most pimples? Yes, he's the one. Who, he who controls the spice, controls the universe. <laughs> Just try to keep you on your toes. Right next to me is my master of all my wills, the Oriental woman, Doctor Pimple Papa, to take care of my numerous cysts that grow all over my face. <laughs> <laughs> so uh the first story in this wonderful anthology that's completely tied together by the fact that there is a cat on a mission to find drew barrymore uh he first runs into a uh, a little fella after he's getting chased by cujo uh gets picked up by uh, a, a local mobster played by Alan King, who plays Dr. Vinny Donati uh, in a twisted tale uh, to get him to stop smoking. Uh, James Woods uh, stars in this little, uh, this little story where he goes to Quitters Incorporated so he can finally st stop smoking. Uh, as he walks into this quote-unquote doctor's office, they do show him the wonderful cat room which is just an electrified floor where they torture the cat and like yeah it's a rough watch to watch him just torture this poor fucking cat as the floor gets electrified and they zap it to, to hell and back and uh Basically, what uh, Quitters Incorporated does, they give you a very simple deal for you to finally stop smoking. And I'll have the great Alan King give you the terms of said deal. I can't believe this is happening. Oh, it's happening, Mr. Morris. First offense, your wife gets the juice. Not too much, just enough to hurt. Second time, we bring your daughter Alicia here. Imagine, Mr. Morrison, your daughter in there instead of the cat. The third offense, I'm afraid I have to send someone out to rape your wife. There's a rather disturbed individual we keep around here just for such distasteful jobs. First of all, I like how it goes like, first we're just going to electrocute him a little bit, and then if you don't want to quit smoking, we go to rape. <laughs> just, there's just a fucking... Yeah, I love that they go from Yeah, we're gonna go from. I'll teach you a lesson too. We have a man who works here named Jeremy Woodworth that we're gonna break out for such an occasion. Also, for anyone that people as a clown. For anybody that 
also knows Eric. You know that Eric, unfortunately, still vapes. Because the thing is, we tried to send Eric here, and let's just say he used to have three children. <laughs> let's just say my wife is getting laid, just not by me. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty extreme. Let me finish off the rest of uh, the consequences if you refuse to stop smoking. In the meantime, content yourself with knowing that only 2% of our clients ever fall from grace a fourth time. And if they do? And if they do, well, we're done with you. Oh, so a lot of intensity I, I, there. I, I, like, opening. I like to think that this is a good prequel before he meets Sharon Stone. And then Alan King eventually gets Rothstein into the Tangiers. Hey, yes, be- yes. Before, before the slimy pimp gets tries to take Sharon Stone back. So. Uh, Jeremy is, of course, referencing that the great Alan King was in the movie Casino. There. With James Woods. With James Woods. So not their first... Uh, well, this was their first time together, so they would later work on Casino together. It's pretty much the same movie, and he is connected, but... Oh, but this is this does... Uh, it would be a sequel to uh, Once Upon a Time, where James Woods is the king of all mafia. Jewish mafia. Mm, so. Look at that. So yeah. uh, he goes home, and uh, one night he is almost about to smoke a cigarette. He goes to hear some uh, rumbling and finds a guy uh, in his closet uh, who refuses to come out. Um, very similar to a Christmas. <laughs> he refuses to come out of the closet. <laughs> very, very similar to a Christmas Stevo, and uh, sees the wet boots. Though I do think it's funny that he throws an umbrella back in, and then he hears a oof, and he's just like. I wasn't going to smoke it. I'm like, get this motherfucker out of your house. What are you? You don't go back to sleep after you know there's a man in fucking, I know what you did last summer, boots standing in there. The fuck? (laughs) I do. (laughs) I just always assume that there's a man laying in wait for me. How else would I sleep at night? (laughs) So, uh, you know, you you get one of those uh, big mannequins to protect your house from real criminals, like the big naked clown. Yeah, you open yeah. up the shower and you're like, oh, there's a naked clown with a knife in his hand. I feel safe. I would have just mistaken you for a loofah. <laughs> so uh, we do uh, we do get to see that uh, Drew Barrymore makes one of her uh, her second appearance other than on just a random TV screen for the cat as she plays the nerdy version of herself as James Wood's daughter. Uh, that's just a very brief scene, but uh, later he goes to a party. Wait, with his... wait, what did she say in the first scene? When she's the mannequin, she says, Save me from the Weinstein brothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't make a lot of sense, right? I have to kind of point that out, unless I've completely missed things as we go on in the movie. The sequence of events doesn't make a ton of sense when it comes to her. And for a minute, I couldn't figure out if she was playing a different version of herself or a new character. But all I know is when her dad, which is James Woods, shows up to her school, all I can think was it should be named St. Stephen's School for the Exceptionally Ugly because she looked terrible. Uh, yeah, She's an looking- ugly child. <laughs> so- <laughs> I think the best thing that doesn't make sense is the ferry that literally takes the cat from New York City to Atlantic City. We'll get there. We'll get there. So, uh, 
James Woods then goes to a party that night where everybody is smoking in there, and it is a total fever dream, uh, just a hair away from uh, turning into the movie Society, it feels like. He's just walking around, seeing people smoking like eight cigarettes at once. At one time, like they, he looks up at the painting, and it is a spit-take laugh. It's just like, ooh, the painting smoking. And then... <laughs> And he gets handed a platter that has googly eyes like the painting. It's one of the fucking most bizarre scenes of the movie. And I found it very entertaining. I want it to be updated to fit you, though, Eric, where, like, you're trying to quit and just everybody at a party's got a vape and you look down and the dog, like, pulls a jewel out of its mouth. And it's like, mmm, apple pie flavor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, god damn it. Um... So uh, I, I do enjoy I like that the whole dancing scene. cigarettes. But uh, he uh, he eventually gets caught caught while he uh, tries to sneak a cigarette while he's uh, in jammed traffic in New York City. Uh, he looks up and this fat guy who is making out with this really hot shit just goes. And now Dodgers hat on. So uh, he goes to go rush to the building where the shock room is, and they already have his wife. No, he first goes home, and his wife is gone, and there's still like a, a, a frying pan on the on the stove. Burning. Yeah. So and then he goes back to the building just to find that his wife is in the shock room as she gets uh, she gets zapped up pretty good during the struggle of him trying to free his wife though he does free the cat who was abducted by the mobster earlier so now the cat's back on the loose um she eventually uh is released from the room after a horrible shocking uh experience and uh it's it it is funny to watch alan king say he's like i've seen this go two ways she either slaps him and leaves or hugs him and together forever and he's just like it was still it was still pretty good because even though he didn't help his wife he, he saved the cat that is true, and that's the most important thing. Save pussy. Um, so they're right. <laughs> so uh, she does, of course, embrace him, and uh, it, it seems that uh, to quit smoking, all it takes is the threat uh, of death to your entire family, and then you will, you too, can quit smoking. Uh, Alan King's character. I, 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 Vinny, I think they have this. I think they have the same uh, uh, method for heroin. Except it's over in like a day or two in the fourth try, they're dead. (laughs) Yes, yes. So uh, Alan King does say, he's just like, you know, a lot of people of us have our weight problem after this, so you got to set your weight to 165. He's like, what happens if I don't? He's like, "Ah, we just cut off your wife's finger, and they have a good laugh. And the story ends with the other guy couple that uh, has used uh, Quitters Incorporated as they give a toast, and he sees that his wife's finger's been removed moved already so uh there you go that brings us to an end of our first twisted tale quitters uh uh anonymous here quitters Incorporated. So, so one of the few times i've actually um uh spoken to rob mayer or meyer is it mayer rob okay mayer. all right i want to see how this ties back into our first story rob, of cats rob, rob, I, rob am, I am on i'm on cat's edge rob rob myers yes so so he's he's obviously uh toured with uh david david kirshner the uh the doofy guy from the um the uh, anchor man yeah. david keckner don't fix yeah. jeremy just let I, him, I, let him ashton, talk. Kut- ashton kutchner ashton kutchner so yes yes 
So he Rob turned me on to his movie where he plays a rich asshole in California who literally just hires this guy to do shit for money. Like, like, hey, punch him in the face. Punch him in the face for $500. And, he, and of course, he punches him in the face. Finally, he gets his buddy to go against him where they're like, let's see who will cut their finger off for $30,000. And they start going and bidding like, no, I'll do it for twenty. $20,000 and the whole movie it's like he, he does the straight comedy but more this is like a horror film where he's like, like just like making these guys do horrible shit for money so he turned me on to that it was a fucking awesome movie that he turned me on to so well good I'm glad I uh I thank Rob Myers for turning him on the Ashton Kutcher film so thanks man I felt that this really tied into the movie Cat's Eye probably the strongest reference you've made uh, going throughout the night here um, and I'm proud of cutting you cutting off that. a finger I'm proud of you for that so uh, our next story our cat makes his way on a ferry down to Atlantic City which Jeremy has a problem with but uh, you know I'm just gonna buy it can you not take ferries from New York City to Atlantic City I think it costs like $2,000 and it takes a couple days not if you're a fucking supernatural cat that can kill gremlins you get you get a free pass Uh, so uh, yeah I've honestly taken that trip before because people just felt bad for me. They're like, "Ah, just let it on." <laughs> ah, why didn't you go to Atlantic City from the ferry? So, uh, as this cat is still trying to find the real Drew Barrymore, we uh, we get introduced to the story, The Ledge, where, uh, of course, the great Kenneth McMillan from Dune uh, plays a mobster. Uh, they they uh, bet on the cat being able to cross the street in Atlantic City, in which the cat does succeed and lives, and Cressner uh, uh, goes ahead and does uh, take the cat up to his penthouse apartment. It also uh, features our hero of this story Robert Hayes uh, most famous probably from the movie uh, Airplane uh, who is the I, I was I was praying that when you said our hero you're gonna say Mulligan from uh, Cabin Boy yeah I was I do have Mulligan on there Mulligan is in this movie uh, who uh, I don't know his real name but he also plays the uh, the guy from Dumb and Dumber who punches the guy through the fucking yeah. ass hey, you, yes you, you ever hear the most annoying noise in the world <laughs> yeah, he's guys, the guy that's their shag and wagon when they're like mock, yeah, king, yeah. No, um, but I, I do, I do love Robert, um, in this movie because he's also the dad in Homeward Bound, and oh. this is actually kind of like this is kind of like the prequel. It's Homeward Bound and gagged. It would be great if Sassy did kill a small troll at the end of it. Like I would love that personally. He's also. He was also in a couple other little gangster films, of course, Frenchie and uh, Goodfellas, where he ends up in the dumpster from the Lutanza heist. Ooh. I think he's actually very cute. I loved him he in is, Airplane. He is handsome. He is a handsome and, guy. And, and another favorite for me is uh, Miller's Crossing, where he's supposed to rough up uh, Tom, and Tom fucking hits him in the face with a chair, and he just stands there like, damn it, Tom. <laughs> I feel like Robert Hayes and Treat Williams competed for roles their entire lives. Um, <laughs> they're just the most milkiest white bread of actors I've ever seen. And I, I, I kind of love them. Yeah, no, I like 
I like a white pasty man that looks like he comes from middle America and has no aspirations. Oh yeah. Just straight out of fucking Cincinnati ready to fucking give you a five out of 10 stars fucking, um, oh, you know what? The greatest scene of all time is that when you cuck his wife, he c- cuts your head off with the giant nail clippers. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Robert Hayes's character Johnny Norris is involved with mobster uh, characters Kenneth McMillan's Cressner's wife. Uh, she's leaving town, and uh, he's leaving with her. He's a former tennis star. Of course, the mobster catches wind of this and proposes this little wager that if he can walk this ledge, he can have his wife. The wager I'm proposing is very simple. The top of the building is sort of a architectural monstrosity, huh? All little nooks and crannies, weird windows, huh? You walk all the way around, scab be removed from the car, you get the money, and you get my wife. You're crazy. <laughs> Lose your balance. Lose your balance once. that's the bet mr norris you get the girl you get the gold watch you get everything or you get a lot of straight time in rawway prison it's also worth mentioning he planted cocaine in the guy's car, too. A whole kilo of it, enough to go away for a long time. So he's forced You to know, the weird thing is, I picked up my tennis racket the other day. It felt like it had an extra pound of cocaine <laughs> in it. <laughs> this guy's been cheating. He's been waiting his fucking racket down with cocaine this entire time. Uh, everybody <laughs> so, knows that's a performance enhancing drug. Yes, I am old enough that I actually did see the Robert Hayes movie called The Girl of the Gold Watch and Everything, which is a pretty good TV movie where he has a, a special watch that stops time for a minute so he, can do stup- so he can do stupid shit but doesn't have, like, Marvel powers where he goes really fast and, and punches people in the face and plays Pac-Man. I'm probably going to regret saying this, but I think that you have that superpower, Jeremy. You have the ability to stop time. (laughs) And then make people want to turn us off. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... He starts making his way around the uh, the ledge that uh, circles this high rise, and uh, we get to hear him. Uh, uh, the mobster goes and then waves like a little bit of fabric on his face as he's trying to go across. Boogie, boogie, boogie! <laughs> you bastard! I just want to keep you on your toes. <laughs> just trying to keep you on your toes. Those nutty Harkonnens. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So uh, he starts going around the ledge, and he's faced with multiple problems. Uh, The first one is just uh, the mobster who's trying to scare the shit out of him. At one time, he uh, grabs a giant horn and scares the shit out of him with with a big old honk, and he falls down part of it. Just keeping you on your toes! (laughs) (laughs) It's just... (laughs) I love the honking sound. 
Can I just say that this is a perfect example of what it's like to watch me get through a day without having a crying meltdown? I'm like, today's going to be a great day. And then life like honks me with a horn or throws a sheet over my face and I'm hanging by a thread. So, so uh, he... you know, the great, great thing about the movie uh, Dune, they talk about the spice and controlling it. And it's kind of like kind of like cocaine. So instead of Dune, they should just call it Miami. There you go. I like that. I I'm, like I'm, that. I'm Norm McDonald now. I'm yeah, going to take yeah, all yeah, of his like way that. of telling jokes. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, he died. He then starts to, uh, he gets to a one part where uh, a, a pigeon starts pecking his ankles, which I, I don't know why, that as a child, this part really stuck with me and made me terrified of pigeons, that if I'm ever on a ledge, <laughs> pigeons will peck your ankles to fucking death. Because they're like, my fucking ledge, you fucking bitch-ass guy from Airplane. <laughs> you know what the most frightening thing in the world? It's an ostrich. Just oh. trying to go at your face and shit. Oh my gosh, I hate them. God, I think I, I think I could take an ostrich of all. I think that's the biggest animal I could take in hand-to-hand combat. I oh. once told Eric Jolliker that he looks like a baby ostrich, and it did not go well. <laughs> he does have a lack of a chin, which is very funny. He, uh, he's kinda... all, he is a, he is a sneak. It's all shoulder, neck, and cheek, all as one. But as a skinny person, it's weird. He's a walking <laughs> earthworm, Jim. And uh, shout outs to Big Time in Comedy. Check out Paco's Got Balls. Um, I, I hate to say, I hate to say, my evil like Bezos bucket list kind of involves having enough money to just have like a stadium full of ostriches and i go in there with a samurai sword to see how many of their heads i could cut off god um can they you... are evil birds though they really are they deserve to die jeremy i almost busted when you were talking about it uh <laughs> So, uh, no, it. Uh, I don't hate giraffes. He then goes around uh, the the ledge and then eventually gets a fire hose at half capacity that almost kills him. He has a whole ordeal with the fucking sign on the side of the building, but eventually does make it the full circumference around the building where. The mobster is waiting for him to tell him that he's won everything, including his wife. And of course, you have my wife. And he tips out the bucket, and it's his wife's head! Oh, God! Now, during the the skirmish, he's able to disarm one of the goons. He frees the cat in all of this, so the cat is loose to go on to his next storyline. And it is just pure mayhem as he uh, finally is now in control and is uh, forces the other gentleman who made him walk across the ledge, walk across the ledge himself. And as the guy's walking across, he gets to the old bird, and he can't even get past the bird challenge as he falls to his death and lands on the horn at the bottom. What a fucking twisted tail. Which I LOL'd at that when he lands on the horn. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) So, uh... (laughs) 
Our last story in uh, in Cat's Eye. Turns out he was horny after all. <laughs> Our last story in Cat's Eye is uh, probably my favorite of all the three. It is one that stuck with me as a young child because I had a small hole in my wall that I was sure a gremlin was going to come out of and steal my breath in the midst of the night, even though we had a house full of cats to protect me. Um I don't know why, for some reason, I did not expect you to say you had a small hole in your wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucked weird things as a kid. So, uh, there were... No, this... Now, this last story with the little gremlin is fucking terrifying, and I think is an underappreciated thing in the horror lexicon, especially in the point of special effects, because this little monster has probably one of the best animatronic faces I've ever seen in horror like to if you look at the little expressions this thing makes uh it is fucking terrifying the little details and how realistic this is to me even now when I watch it I was having flashbacks and feeling like a child hiding under my blankets watching like god this thing is fucking creepy even though I'm a giant man I would just take this thing and just go shut up and crush it with my hands with your little fucking wavy sword you gremlin and fuck but uh at the time this was very very terrifying to me and uh i uh we get into wilmington north carolina where we see this little gremlin making its way towards a child's home and i love his little sounds that he makes Oh, I'm sorry. That I apologize. I mixed up some of the audio. That's actually uh, some of the sounds I make during sex with the wife. And uh, that was actually a full session right there. <laughs> Wait. Is it? I heard you make those noises while rooting through some mayo. Oh, shut up. Damn it. As long as it's a miracle whip, I'm fine. Uh, the cat... <laughs> The cat immediately makes friends with young Amanda, who is Drew Barrymore's character. She names him General, which is the name I've tried to name my last four pets and have been voted down. Uh, <laughs> Mom is not keen to the Go new... for the General every time! Ah! <laughs> I'm the worst card shorts you can get! <laughs> You think Shaq actually owns this? Are you a fucking idiot? Um, so mom is not keen. If you don't even have a job, you can get my insurance. <laughs> if you if you could sell exactly four crack rocks, you could drive a car. Uh, so $1,000 a month for insurance is totally legitimate. <laughs> So, mom is not keen if to... If you've had 100 DUIs, you're the guys we want to drive. <laughs> <laughs> so, mom is not keen on the new family guardian and uh she's worried about uh it eating polly their little fucking parakeet that they have and uh dad says you know what they need to sleep outside uh, the cats need to sleep outside here's why your mom just happened to have a conference call with nana uh, last evening and nana told your mom that um, cats steal kids breath why would General take my breath if he has his own? Ah, well, you have to put all the animals outside in the night. I mean, especially the cat animals. Because if you don't, they climb up and sit on your chest 
and suck all your breath out like this. And they will talk like your mom's gypsy uh, mother. (laughs) (laughs) Which I will say he's sort of right, because have you ever had a cat climb on top your titties and you just get these little knives that they just stab in you while they need (laughs) on you? Yes, it's the worst. Definitely done that to my titties. (laughs) So... uh, (laughs) So this little gremlin uh, who's trying to kill Drew Barrymore in her night uh, comes and uh, the first night it kills Polly first with its little fucking sword, which why did Polly need to go? If Polly was an innocent in this, it just proves that this thing is fucking evil. And uh, luckily, General is able to climb a tree and gets in through the door and fights it off. But of course, he's framed for the murder of Polly uh, by uh, by the gremlin. He's He's a fucking classic. Listen, Grim, cat lives matter, guys. And we need to really look at, at at all sides of the story before we're ready to pass judgment. What a, a an intense storyline for a cat. I, I had no idea. They were like, you know what? We're going to take law-abiding citizen, but it's going to be a cat. <laughs> <laughs> so uh the mom is not happy with the death of polly of course and uh of course the cat looks like he's been caught red-handed he gets put back outside and uh the mom eventually captures him with some tuna fish in a box in the the slackest of things and takes him to the animal shelter luckily this fucker is able to escape for the final night as this thing is trying to steal fucking drew barrymore's breath as it climbs on top of her uh opening up a little hole in the wall and then holds her nose and i really feel like the special effects even for this movie hold up to this day like they're not bad special effects they're they're pretty solid you can actually see her soul coming out of her nose yeah and uh it is worth mentioning now that we have uh movies like dr sleep the sequel to uh, that, uh, I would I would venture to say that she's sucking out the same kind of steam that the monsters in uh, that movie are sucking out, it being a Stephen King property. That's actually a really good point, Eric. I never thought of that. Look at you. There you go. Look, stealing the little kid's steam. And who knows? She might be the actual fire starter. She's got special extra powers. I don't know. So we don't... thought a lot about this. Mm, I do. I love the Stephen King universe. It is good stuff. Check out Dr. Sleep. Great movie. Fun sequel to The Shining. Uh, The Grandland... Can I I say who could have really helped her in this scene? Who's that? I really think that when the Dremlin attacked her, this could have helped her. Oh, the fire starter would have helped her. Yeah, yeah. Twisted fire starter. That would have been great if she just woke up and just went and like fucking flicked her thumbs and that thing catched on fire in front of her and made like she was she was triggered like Carrie when she when people pour blood on her. Oh yes, you'd like to become my trash scented Yankee candle immediately. Like that would be cool. I would like that. So, Do you have any candles that smell like uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh my god! The, uh, maybe some food or some bread made from her vagina. Yeah, you, you got some bread made from her vagina or what? Uh, so oh uh, they... what kind of Yankee candle stories is this when you don't have things that smell like vagina? <laughs> 
so um as uh as this is all happening general does make his sweet ass way out of um out of the uh the confines of the shelter and as that happens we get to see uh the final showdown between the gremlin and uh general now during this uh altercation you'll see at one point the 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 little gremlin is clearly outmatched and uh at one time he's just trying to at at best just avoid the uh the um the the attacks from the cat and during the showdown uh there is a muppet's baby's balloon that uh this little gremlin grabs onto to try to like hop his way around the room and uh that's kind of important as as far as who worked on the movie um frank welker who did the voiceover work for the movie uh and for this little gremlin actually voiced kermit skeeter beaker and the other roles in the animated television series of muppet babies in 1984 so uh a nice little tie back and a call to that as it's happening i watched muppet babies yeah. I, I didn't actually i didn't watch this movie all of the end i haven't seen it in at least 30 40 years uh did I miss a scene before the final showdown between the gremlin where the cat does the montage of suiting up with armor and, and gets a giant laser on its head to fight the gremlin? <laughs> that is, yes, that was a thing that happened. Okay, Eric, so there is a laser fight with his yes. head. Okay. <laughs> Eric, did you already say who worked on the special effects? And if you did, I'm sorry that no, I missed it. because it. Well, no, I was wondering if you actually knew, because the fact that you brought up the Muppets and everything, it actually, though it's scary, it actually kind of reminded me of something you'd see in like Labyrinth or something from Jim Henson's workshop. Do we know? I, I think I think you're thinking more of um, Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure that's exactly what uh, Ashley was thinking of. So I did try to look up a lot of the uh, the special effects because I think they're so good, especially in this last one. And there's not a lot of note except like the people that worked on it also worked on movies like Inner Space, Independence Day, and stuff like that. Uh, but there's no like big names like a Rob Botton or a, um, a a Tom Savini that you can really like tie to all of this. So. Uh... That kind of reminds me of something from like the storyteller from Jim Henson or the Labyrinth, to where it's it's not so scary that a kid couldn't watch it. But I mean, like it's just darker. There's like a darker, almost playful element to it. No, I uh, I think I I I get that with that too as well. No, I you know I'll I'll tell you what's scary. You wake up in the middle of the night. And David Bowie is in your room with this big fucking hair, and he steals your baby. Oh, I don't like that. So. I don't like that one fucking bit. Uh, but before he does it, he sings a song. Eventually, uh, the uh, general is able to uh, chase the little gremlin up on top of the record player within Drew Barrymore's room, and uh, she gets him to um, play the song faster and faster. And what is the record that's on? <laughs> Another She teaches this fucker how to use a how to use a record player. 
until that the Alvin and the Chipmunks version of this song murders a mythological character and sends it flying into the fan, which also, I always thought that if I put my finger into a fan, it would turn me into fucking hamburger meat uh, because <laughs> it didn't make any sense that it went flying through the fan. It just So I've touched fans multiple times since then. I don't think it could chop up this demonic character that sucks the soul out of people. You know, what? when they stop making fans with really sharp edges... <laughs> And, and and really hard steel for like you know Damascus that's when they were a little less dangerous well <laughs> so here's my thing though I mean I obviously on one hand agree with you but I also try to like suspend my belief in the sense of his little knife that does a lot of damage on the cat is so like so itty bitty and minuscule that to us it seems ridiculous so I don't know I believe that like projectile like at the right force you know yeah, also, also that that's that's a, a selling point on um ninja fans is that they'll pretty much blend any gremlin <laughs> 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 oh god damn it ron popeel what won't you do next um no no that, great fans that uh the parents are eventually able to bust in the room see the chopped up gremlin see that uh general is a good cat and he gets to live out the rest of his days with the sweet drew barrymore which brings us to an end of the anthology known as cat's eye uh and this wonderful exit with this, uh, i love I love this stupid song that they play out. It's the most 80s song I've ever heard. Uh, just like you get all the little synth effects and you get a very like movie specific song that also kind of sounds like the Gremlins theme just a little bit. Like it's it's in there. Like this is Dingleberry, 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 Dingleberry. Ooh, I think we need a Dingleberry reboot. I also like how every 80s song talks about living in the streets, no matter. There was, <laughs> there was no street. The economy was terrible. What are you talking about? Of course it was. <laughs> I, but no, this is, a, this is a banger of a movie, a, 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 a gem from my childhood, and uh, probably my favorite movie is about cat's eyes. Eye. Gosh, what a what a this fun! Is what everybody, this is what everybody's screaming at every Billy Ocean concert. They're like, "Yeah, you did the go and gets rough. Now sing Cat's Eye." I will say that uh, this movie is a uh, is a fun anthology, and I really love it. It's not long enough though and uh, usually length is a big deal in my movies but in anthology if you're coming at me you gotta have at least four stories and this one misses the mark now there was supposed to be an additional story for this and that actually uh one of the 
uh, stories that was presented to do in a half hour to 20 minute time range was uh, sometimes they come back, but the director looked at it and he was like, I, I can't tell this story in 20 minutes. And it Which went, I actually love that movie. Which is good because it later would go to be a full fi- feature length film and that's a pretty dope fucking Stephen King property in and of itself. Um, so unfortunate, but it is what it is. And, uh, I love this movie for what it is. Ashley, tell me about your final thoughts for Cat's Eye. Um, I own it. I, I haven't watched it in a while. I didn't enjoy it as much as I remembered, but it was still a good time. And just for the listeners who are curious, Cat's Eye is also the name of my puss because it gets tighter in the daylight. (laughs) (laughs) And Jeremy, your final thoughts on Cat's Eye? Um, definitely top five uh, James Woods films. Um, um, not 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 the greatest of Stephen King stories, but it's nice to see uh, Drew Barrymore before she became a raging uh, druggie and and went through horrible Hollywood years that everybody would want to do heroin because of. And, uh, you know, it, it's all right. She's fine now. Fine. Unlike Dana Plato or so many other young actresses that Hollywood chews and spits out like fucking dirt. <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> Fuck Hollywood. So, Baltimore um, films. That's what people want. Like John Waters. Um, Ashley, where can people find you at? You can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs, and you can catch me on the Happy Hour podcast October 1st and the Baltimore Shit Show October 9th. Oh, hell yeah. Go check uh, fucking Ashley out. The second Saturday Shit Show is free every second Saturday of the month. Michael Quinlan hosts that, and he'll be a future guest on our show coming up in the f- coming weeks. Hope you're ready for Child's Play on that. All things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. Got a bunch of dates coming up in October. Also, check out links to our merch store, the Quality Time Brothers Emporium, where you can get yourself a pogo gator that Jeremy won't wear. Jeremy, take us out of here. E.T. can't be dead!